Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and welcome back to my series on self-managed super funds. Um, the last podcast, or the, the first one in the series, this is part two. Uh, part one, we talked a little bit about what is a self-managed super fund and a couple of the benefits in the, in the self-managed super fund. Um, today, I'm going to go through a few more benefits with you and some of the things you need to be doing. Um, probably, and, and we talked about control. We've talked about uh, of controlling the investments and how the fund runs. We talked about you've got the choice of investment as a member within that fund um, and the trustee, so you're able to determine the investments in there. Well, obviously, we talked a tiny little bit about the investment plan, but I'll do more, talk a little bit more about that later. Probably another one of the, the main benefits of a self-managed super fund is just the low taxation. Now, this is probably a little bit more relevant to people getting closer to retirement, that those people that are putting more money into their super, superannuation funds. But really, the low taxation is a really good. So there's tax concessions are available for self-managed super funds. For example, where an asset includes shares with franked dividends, the imputation credits can be used to offset or remove the contributions tax you pay on the contributions to the fund. Um, if you want to understand frank dividends, I did a, a podcast series which is you know, share market basics, and I think I talked about frank dividends on, I think, uh, part six, I believe. I can't remember, five or six. Uh, if you want to know that, or just Google frank dividends and, and imputation credits to, to, to determine what they are. But basically, companies... Um, that you might buy in the funds, let's say, you know, National Bank, you might have that, it pays a dividend, it pay, has paid tax on that dividend at 30 cents in the dollar. The, at this point in time, self-managed super funds are only liable to pay 15%, uh, 15 cents in the dollar. So basically, you get 15 cents in the dollar back from the government as, a, as far as your frank dividends are concerned. So you can offset or remove the contributions tax you pay to the fund. Consequently, a, a, a DIY super fund or a self-managed super fund really become a powerful wealth creation vehicle enabling ordinary Australians to maximise their income and lifestyle in retirement. As it's probably a little bit more beneficial to more people moving into retirement and putting a lot more money in because generally they're on higher incomes, you know, they've paid off all the family home, those sorts of things. They can start stacking money away into that. Um, but it is a good vehicle. I, I always, uh, probably one of the prefaces I'll actually say is, I do, yes, I do have a self-managed super fund, but I still prefer to crom- control most of my assets outside of a super fund. Because um, I don't know about you, but I don't trust our government. There have been thousands of changes to the superannuation laws in the last decade, and I can't see them stopping now. Um, and you know that what politicians do, you know. They tell us they're not going to do something, and then six weeks later they're going to do it. So to me, is the superannuation regime is really one that the government concentrates on a lot. Um, and, you know, with by 2020-something, there'll be trillions of dollars in superannuation in Australia. That's a lot of money that people want to get their hands on, and it's your money. So you're going to have corporations out there like the big funds and lots of other industries that feed in around superannuation, lobbying the government to get things so that they can get control or get some of your money. And to me, that may be a bit of a conspiracy theory type of thing or alarmist type of theory, but to me, I don't trust the government and I don't trust big business when it comes to these sorts of things. We see how the banks treat us. Um, We've seen how the managed funds treat us. So therefore, to me, uh, I personally, as I said, I do have you know, a, a considerable amount in superannuation because I have to, as an employee of my company, I've got to keep putting money into super. That's a legal requirement. 
but most of my wealth stays outside of my super fund, so therefore I can control it without the regulations that super fund have. So, and you may choose to do that yourself, you may not, that's up to you, and, and I'd suggest go and get a great accountant who's good at investing, etc. But uh, as I said just a minute ago, you know, lower taxation is one reason why superannuation is quite a good investment vehicle, and it can be a very good wealth creation vehicle if you use it correctly. One of the limitations on self-managed super fund is the the ability to leverage. Now, we can leverage, but it's a little bit harder and we've got to do it the right way. And I'm not going to get into that right now but because uh, I'm talking a bit about the benefits of it. So there are a lot of benefits to self-managed super fund uh, and there's some detractions and one of them I've just mentioned. Uh, you also get retirement flexibility. I think this is probably another really important one I mean, because it's a possible to operate different types of pensions within the same self-managed super fund. Um, you know, we've got allocated pensions and all sorts of other different pensions, early retirement. You can uh, have your, um, yeah, uh, what do they call it? Um, it's pre-retirement where it releases funds to you as well. I can't remember the exact name of that. I go blank sometimes. Um, but what basically the self-managed super fund can provide you with the flexibility to meet your needs in your retirement. Uh, and so you can do that. Protection is the other, is probably the main thing. And that really goes back to also what I was talking about on podcast one in, in, in aligning it with a, uh, a family trust is protection. Now, a lot of people set up family trusts for protection of their assets, and the self-managed super fund is exactly that. The assets of the self-managed super fund are protected from bankruptcy and other legal claims to be to a certain threshold. Now, this can be a relief when unfortunate events occurs. You know, you don't know that somebody might walk out from behind a car and you hit them and you get sued. Your superannuation fund is protected, like a family trust is protected. Because uh, it is a legal entity on its own. So, for example, um, John Smith has, has a John Smith super fund. If John Smith gets sued, it's not the super fund. It's not part of John Smith's assets in 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 theory, in in a general sense. Even though John Smith controls the super fund, the super fund is its own legal entity, just like a company. If you got, uh, if you have John Smith Proprietary Limited, and John Smith may be the, a director and a shareholder of that. But if the company gets sued. John Smith's not getting sued, the company's getting sued, and the assets of the company are at risk, not John Smith's asset. So it's just understanding these things for protection point of view, um, but it is has that. Probably I'll, I'll uh, give you another couple more is really um, you need to determine whether the self-managed fund is super fund is suitable for you. And some of those uh, we talked about as a control, investment choice, low taxation, retirement, flexibility, protection. Um, probably one of the really good ones, and I briefly touched on it in podcast one is succession planning this is succession i can't even say the word succession planning is one of the main benefits of a self-managed super fund is the estate planning benefits allowing family members to continue their assets to grow for retirement so as i said you know we could have up to four members in a self-managed super fund husband and wife um, is generally the norm what happens a husband and wife and as normal you know the husbands normally um, pass away before the wives do doesn't mean the superannuation stops but allows the superannuation can continue Whereas if it's a managed superannuation scheme that uh, they're in and they generally, uh, husband and wife may be in different superannuation schemes, the, the husband's super goes into the probate and all the things that get happen here. Um, and the investment vehicle, you know, obviously the wife will get access to those super funds depending on the will, obviously. And if it's outside the, the superannuation, self-managed super fund, uh, whereas if it's in the self-managed super fund, the super fund has all the assets and the assets don't necessarily need to change. And the super fund can keep doing what it's always been doing, even after the 
the, the passing of one of the members within all of that, so the succession planning. And even the children, if they come in as members of that super fund and husband, the husband or the mum and dad pass away, the children can still have those assets and they're not creating capital gains tax events within it because that entity being the super fund is not buying and selling or doesn't have to sell the assets to keep running. And so, therefore, there can be cost savings in capital gains tax and all sorts of things. And I want to, don't want to get too deep into that. It's more of uh, it's a great thing for you to investigate, especially as a family, especially a husband and wife. Uh, my wife and I are in our own self-managed super fund, and it helps, obviously, with planning for children and moving into retirement. So, And there are lots of things you can do with your super fund in that succession planning, and a very good accountant will help you out with that. I'll leave this part of the podcast, um, or part two of this podcast, um, at that and when we come back again on part three I'll start looking at you know what you need to do to establish a self-managed super fund how long does it take what do you need on how much money do you need so I'll talk about that but hopefully this is the verse two has helped you with the basics of the components and why you would have a self-managed super fund I still believe people should have one absolutely uh, I think it's much better set up having a self-managed super fund even though as I mentioned earlier my reservations about superannuation and super funds but I'd rather at least have it in a self-managed super fund fund so I can have some control over it. Um, I'll I'll end this podcast now. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Look forward to chatting with you on the next podcast. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 SHARE TRADE.